Welcome to the Inside Sales Enablement Podcast. Where has the profession been? Where is it now? And where is it heading? What does it mean to you, your company, other functions, the market? Find out here. Join the founding father of the sales enablement profession, Scott Santucci, and trailblazer Brian Lambert as they take you behind the scenes of the birth of an industry. The Inside Sales Enablement Podcast starts now. I'm Scott Santucci. I'm Brian Lambert, and we are the Sales Enablement Insiders. Our podcast is for sales enablement leaders looking to elevate their function, expand their sphere of influence, and increase the span of control within their companies. Together, Brian and I have worked on over 100 different kinds of sales enablement initiatives as analyst consultants or practitioners. We've learned the hard way what works and maybe what's more important, what doesn't. That's right. And hey, Scott, we're coming off of our, our COVID series. And, uh, you know, one of the things that we've been talking about is what have we learned in Insider Nation. Thanks so much for all of your feedback on that. And there, there are four things that, that we learned from the COVID series and all the interactions that we've had. One, there's a lot of things going on all at the same time. A lot of choices that need to be made, especially for sales teams. Two, everybody seems to be adjusting to a new normal. Work from home, video, communication, the act of getting things done is different. The economy has taken a severe hit since we put out this, uh, the series. Today, 14 million people have lost their jobs, unfortunately. So helping people take action and find their path forward has really become a top concern of our listeners. And because of these things, it's unreasonable con to conclude that how we've worked in the past normal will work in the new normal. And that leads us to today, in this episode, leadership. What is leadership? Well, quite simply, it's what to do, what not to do, and then creating the environment to get it done. In our view, Scott and I both believe that sales enablement has to take a leadership role right now. A new way of doing business is going to emerge. The old approach of sales, responding to demand, marketing, creating demand, that model isn't going to work anymore because we're in an experience economy. And we believe sales enablement leaders can usher in the new world by being heroic. And with that said, Scott, why don't you share us a story to help us get framed around this idea? Excellent, Brian, and thanks, thanks for the introduction. So, Brian, have you ever heard of a, a person by the name of Joseph Campbell? Uh, no, well, it sounds familiar, but I don't think so, because you always go to, like, the, the 1600s or something. So I don't know if I know that Joseph Campbell from back then. <laughs> So Joseph Campbell was a professor, so he's, uh, he's no longer among us, uh, for Sarah Lawrence College. So what the heck am I referring to a professor from Sarah Lawrence College? But in 1949, he published a book called The Hero with a Thousand Faces. So uh, let's think about 1949. I'm going to come back to this because it's, it's, it's really compelling. But really what, what he noticed, and I don't know if you notice this a lot, but all of us have been through English class, you know, in college and uh, 
you know, high school, uh, many of us have had to read that daggone Beowulf and, uh, or the Iliad, the Odyssey, things like that. Right. So as an English professor, he's, he's reading all these things and he starts to realize, you know what? There's a lot of common threads, regardless of what period in time they are. You know, Beowulf was written in 1200s and uh, the Iliad and the Odyssey was written or, or told uh, thousands of years before that. There's got to be, there's a common pattern to this. So he's going to figure it out. And really the book of a hero with a thousand faces, what he came up with are, pardon the terms, uh, the archetype, archetypical hero based on world mythologies that he called the monomyth. And really what he figured out, regardless of, you know, religions, mythologies, et cetera, all cultures that exist on the planet have transferred their cultures and their, their code through this narrative of a hero's journey. And that's really what's uh, remarkable about it. And what's even more remarkable about this, this is that um, I think a lot of us can relate to Star Wars as a perfect example of a hero's journey that's inherently relatable. George Lucas, who built that, referenced Joseph Campbell's work and actually hired him as a consultant as he was making the movies to make sure he was following this particular script. Ah, makes sense. Now, now I remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what does that have to do with uh, sales enablement? Right. So what, right? Yeah. So what's interesting about it is the reason these stories work is that, you know, throughout all of humanity, we've always been tackled with confronting change that's, com that's complex to us at that moment in time. So think about uh, Frankenstein as a hero story. And uh, that's about navigating through the industrial, uh, the industrial revolution and all the, all, all the weird things that uh, there are to play there. We as humanity had to emerge from the cage, the, the cave, the safety of the cave and going out and exploring new worlds. Somebody had to have the courage to say, no, we're not gonna be chasing around all these, um, all these wild animals. I'm going to plant grass right here. I'm going to sit and watch it grow. Like all of the things that we've done as a society have um, really evolved by people taking risks. And in every one of those situations, they've encountered what we now call VUCA. Uh, the world around them has uh, been ever-changing and it's uncertain. And the reason that these stories resonate for us so much, these hero stories, is they help us deal with it. So let me just give you a little bit of concreteness about what VUCA means for us today and relate it to what we're dealing with and what the topic is. So VUCA is an acronym and it's used to describe the general experience that either a group of people or a society or, or a team confront in a rapidly, rapidly changing environment. So volatility is the, it's basically the environment that's liable to change rapidly and unpredictably. In complex systems, it can flip from one state to another very rapidly. So we are definitely going through that right now. Yeah, definitely. Uncertainty is the inability to know that whole thing fully. 
it is impossible for us to know. So we don't even know exactly how COVID is transmitted, for example. It's uncertain. So we have to make decisions uh, every day so we get new updates. We're dealing with that today. And uncertainty comes from the large number of elements which are independent, uh, that are interdependent interactions. So all of these things happen and interact with each other in nonlinear ways. And therefore, the, the way that we want to process information in business is step one, step two, step three. And unfortunately, the world doesn't work that way. So that creates uncertainty. The next, the one is C, is complexity refers to many parts being interconnected and interdependent. So in other words, you can't get your job done unless somebody else does their job, right? And harnessing that complexity means that you have to give up traditional concepts of strategy and leadership. But if you give them up, you need a different concept of strategy and leadership, and that's our being heroic framework. And then finally, ambigu ambiguity. What's ambiguity? It is the, um, the quality impact of people being open to one or more interpretation. So in other words, what happens is because all of us can see the world around us through different lenses and we don't take the time to understand it, what happens is it creates a lot of conflict and that conflict results in uh, haziness of reality and potential misreading of situations or miscommunication. So those are, the, those are the various things that happen and ultimately in a VUCA environment, Simple linear cause and effect descriptions of, of what's happening. Th th those are the tools that we all know in business. They all break down. And you're left with having to confront uh, reality in a different way. Much like Beowulf. And <laughs> tying it back to the idea of a hero's journey, because of the current environment, you can think about Star Wars being dropped on another planet or um, Lord of the Rings and what that environment change was. Um, any epic story that has a hero, that environment changed and they had to adapt. And that story unfolded because of the decisions they made and also who they were as a quote unquote leader in that story. And each found their own path. And that's, that also is why that being heroic framework is so critical to me. How would you react to that? In terms of a segue, let's redefine the being heroic framework. We have another episode that for this one uh, covered that in detail, but just as a, a recap, if you're listening, you actually have a story about applying it. We do practice what we preach here on the Inside Sales and AML podcast. Uh, but in, in that space, being heroic, first of all, the being part is you have to be living it every day. It's not like you, pull, you take the little hammer, hit the glass, and then pull out your, your leadership kit. You got to live it, love it, learn it every day. So the H stands for holistic, seeing things from a complete perspective. E stands for engineered, finding you know, that's basically embracing the 80-20 rule and finding the, the few measurable things that matter. R is confronting reality. Data says one thing, but people behave something else. You got to blend both of those two, two together. O is a focus on ongoing operations. Just because you did something doesn't mean it's activated. You got to make sure it gets activated and run on an ongoing basis. I is impactive, how you communicate. Do you, are you using passive words or active words? And are you uh, creating the kind of vocabulary that allows people to um, join together uh, and move forward? 
And then C is collaborative. Have you built the right processes and procedures to, uh, to work together as a team? And are you being inclusive of other groups or are you mandating it onto uh, other people? Those are the elements of the being heroic framework. And I think this is a great segue now into you have a great application story in flight literally happening right now. Why don't you tell us about it, Brian? Yeah, sure. Uh, so back up a, a month or so ago and started getting engaged on a large project. And um, we, we talk a lot, Scott, in the podcast is in, a, you know, in the 30s here with episodes. And, you know, we have a very distinct point of view. And, you know, I was really wrestling with this idea of what we were going to implement versus the outcomes we needed to drive. And uh, because we're, we're, we're positioning an outcome and we're driving results, I was like, wow, you know what? We've got to figure out here how to frame out the result we're going to tackle. I mean, we're in a, we're in a VUCA environment. We had uh, discussions about that. And you know what? There's this muscle memory of just going and doing stuff and a trillion questions. And I'm like, something in my gut was like, you know what? We can't just start answering a trillion questions here. Because if we don't know where we're going, we're going to end up there. <laughs> uh, I think that was Yogi Bear that said that. So I, I, I was like, you know, we just did this podcast. We did this podcast on um, being heroic framework. How am I going to apply that? Because I know I want to be holistic. I know I want to be engineered. I want to confront reality. I want to build out an ongoing in program. I, I need to practice this idea of impactive communication. And I, I want to make sure that I'm, you know, being being there for my my client in a way that is collaborative. So how am I going to do that? So I, I, I uh, took the concepts, the framework itself, and basically tried to um, position that with my customer. And well, it was So what was quite the first thing that you did there, Brian? Well, I um, listened to the podcast. I, I put it into like a, a series of tables. And then I, I said, hey, Scott, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this to, the, to um, the client. And he's like, well, how are you going to position it? Right? You said that. And we, we basically role wait, played wait, wait, that uh, out. Brian, hold on a second. For, for our audience, what I'm trying to do is get, get to step number one. What I'm trying to do here is for you, our listeners, trying to model out what steps to take that you can take. What can you go do immediately after listening to this podcast? to start embracing the being heroic framework. So Brian described for us step number one, he listened to this, uh, he listened to this podcast. He listened to our last podcast, which was episode number 31. So you can go back and, and, and listen to that. It's called Timeless Leadership Skills for Modern Times. He was inspired by that and he said, how do I bring that stuff to my client? What did you do specifically when you say write it up? What does write it up mean specifically? What what would you actually put pen to paper on, and why did you have to write it down? Yeah, so specifically, it's a word document with tables, but the guts of it is the open ended questions that I felt that uh, my client and I needed to, to answer to be successful in achieving our outcome. Not, you know, how do I be holistic today? But for this program that we're implementing, for it to come out the other end, you know, whenever we're 
we're uh, considering this to be successful, for people to look back on it and say, you know what, that's a very holistic program. It was very engineered. You guys confronted reality, right? So those, it, was, it was one of those, how do I do that type of approaches? And I wrote down questions like, for holistic, how are we going to know that sales managers uh, achieved results? How do stakeholders define achieving results? You know, things like that. I just sat and, and wrote that down in the tables, a series of five to seven open-ended questions for each letter. And then I ran that by you. Right. So you, you and I both know that um, there's a lot of resistance in why would I write it down and then why would I share it with somebody else? So the reason that I'm bringing this up for you as a listening audience is taking action requires you to actually take action and doing something different requires you to actually do something different. And there's a lot of value in writing things down. And um, Brian, for you, how did it help do that? Because you're more, you tend to uh, identify more as an operator than, than, than as a leader, right? So what did you learn by actually having to write it down and talking about it with me? Yeah, I know there, there's uh, perhaps a reaction to leader versus operator. These are just, to me, uh, for our listeners, these are hats that, that people wear. So when you look at our being heroic framework and your muscle memory is to implement, that can go a lot of different ways. And what, what I was wrestling with was I knew that a program like this is going to have multiple perspectives and multiple expectations. So by listening and, you know, obviously we're, we spend a lot of time and we help our listeners through this practicing what we preach. We, we have to think about how things land. We have to think about the different perspectives that people have. We want to drive outcomes. We don't want to be random. I could go on and on and on of the things that we would say we don't want to do. But, but the thing about being heroic framework was writing down um, these types of questions that I wanted to pursue uh, helped me get unstuck because it was overwhelming to say, look, I need to create a program that gets results. It needs to have measurable ROI. It's going to be highly inspected because of the times that we're in. Um, we're going to have so many, so many people that want to pile into this. How do I keep everybody focused? What's the one thing that we're going to be measured on? And if I would have just started doing activity, uh, I wouldn't have a common thread. I would have no hero journey, really, to uh, to help my client through. So by writing that down and and getting over the hump on, let me put myself in his shoes and write this down and and think about this and let me just ask him what he thinks. I don't have to actually have the answers right now. I'm not at risk by putting this together and saying, you know what, I don't know the answers to some of these questions. Uh, we're just getting started. What do you think? And he goes, you know, see what he says. Yep. So th- there's a couple things, right? So if you're following along, step number one, listen to episode 31, make, you know, write it down. You know, if you want to think about it as a journal entry or if you want to think about it as an exercise, however you want to think about it, doesn't, you know, it doesn't really matter. But putting words, putting your ideas down on paper is a big step to actioning. That's step number one. Step number two is if you can find somebody to talk through it with, talk through it with somebody. Just because you, you can anticipate and synthesize information way easier by talking about it with somebody rather than just reacting to, to words. Now we're into step number three. Step number three is share it uh, with your sponsor. 
in this case, Brian has been hired by a company to help build out or transform a sales coaching program. Uh, so what I want to do is pause here because we're now in step number three and I want to give, be as prescriptive as possible to people following along, how they can go and repeat what you're doing here, Brian. So now we're at step number three. You're going to introduce us to your sponsor. Thank God our sponsor is a listener of our show, right? <laughs> uh, but um, yeah. pick it up here. How did you introduce it? How did you set expectations of what you're going to talk about? And then what, what, how did you run the conversation? It's like every decision you, you make as a, as a leader of anything, there's always pros and cons and it's easy to get conflicted, right? You know, oh, this isn't very polished. I shouldn't send it. Like there's a, re a zillion reasons why not to do something. And um, I was battling with that. So I basically said, God, you know, come on, Brian, just effing send the thing, you know, what's the worst that's going to happen, right? So I, I probably didn't think that through too well, but um, I, I put in the email, hey, you know, we've been talking about how do we drive outcomes together? Uh, we have a being heroic framework. I know there's a lot of words and a lot of questions in here. We don't have to have all the answers, but on our next call, I'd like to walk through this with you. Um, Can I so pause that, real quickly here? I, yeah. I love that you actually talked about your inner dialogue that you have there about, hey, you put something different together and you had to convince yourself to have the courage to hit the send button, you know? Mm -hmm. By the way, guys, that's why the being heroic framework, if you etch it in your brain, matters. You have to have the courage to actually do something different. Yeah. And as stupid as it sounds, because you're not in the moment, I guarantee you what you think about doing Versus actually you're in the moment and now it's the point of um, the, 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 the moment of truth, the moment of truth, right. At yeah. the moment of truth, you actually have to do it and you're going to second guess yourself. Yeah. That's why having the being heroic framework in the back of your head, you need the courage to be a hero. Heroes yeah. lead. Yeah. So, so right. What I'm saying is don't discard that as something that's immaterial it makes all the difference in the world because let's be honest, everybody listening to us, I've done it. You've done it as a listener. I sure know Brian's done it. We've all chickened out of doing something that we think is, uh, is going to move the needle forward. And it's that chickening out is the lack of courage. You mm -hmm. must have courage. And the, the thing that you should be empowered by is in this VUCA environment, nobody really knows. That's nobody right. knows the answer. So having a shining ray of hope or a, or, or a method with which you're going to navigate this through is very empowering. So Brian, tell us what the reaction was. You know, we, we, we definitely heard the inner dialogue, you know, the, the, the fear factor. What was the reaction? What was the, what was the discussion? So he replied back, Hey, got it. Let's talk about it. So of course in my mind, I'm like, Oh man. Uh oh, right. <laughs> Can we do it right now? Can we have the conversation right now? Do we really have to wait till tomorrow? <laughs> so we get on the call and I, I, um, put it up on the screen. I said, you know, uh, the purpose of this call was, is that um, I really, here, here's, here's why I sent this, right? So not really looking for feedback on wordsmithing this, but, you know, look, we have to make a lot of decisions here. The, the muscle memory of um, the organization will be around that this is really just a training program, but your vision is, is completely different than that. 
we don't have the words to explain the, the way in which we're going to be pursuing an outcome on multiple different fronts here and having it all come together. There's so many things that we've talked about that are between you and I, that as soon as we ripple it to your team or even in the broader sales organization, uh, we have to work on uh, how this lands and ha have the right message. And you and I both are going to have to make decisions on the fly. Let's use a, a framework like this to help each other uh, create a, a mental model for making decisions and also a shorthand that we can use uh, so that we don't talk past each other on outcome, driving outcomes together. You know, that's what this is for to me. And he's like, oh, that's so cool. Uh, I love it. And he's like, I went through it all. Every single question is, is freaking awesome. I don't know the answers to some of these. I got to keep thinking about it. I was like, no, we, we have to keep thinking about it, right? So that was the first interaction around it. I'll pause there, but I was a bit surprised because I have, a, a little, as you can tell, a little bit of a paranoid negative uh, talk track in my head after being whacked upside the head so many times, I guess, as a sales enablement leader. But two, back to your point about having courage. Look, I mean, you know, I, I helped you build this thing. I know it's existed for nine years. I still had challenges hitting the flip, flip and send button. I can imagine our listeners just hearing this. But, but to your point, Scott, in times like this, you, this is what's needed. Like it was so refreshing for him to actually have this input. I well, yeah. Tell. So let's unpack the word courage again. So it's, it's the, the tiny little decisions and overcoming that voice in our, in our head of we've always done it this way mm -hmm. is what we have to overcome. So let's, let's think of another reaction. Uh, I'm imagining many of you um, not wanting to hear the feedback from somebody else saying, oh, geez, you're, you're giving me more questions than answers. We have been conditioned to go, that's not a good thing. I just want to give answers to, to, to somebody. Right. But the reality is, if they're not thinking through those variables, we have to equip our sponsors to have the, have the insights. And you can see, um, you know, Brian, the reaction of your, of your client wasn't negative. It was Huh. And then here's the other key point that I want to make that I think maybe is lost in the story. By Brian actually saying, no, you don't have to do it yourself. We'll do it together. That's leadership, guys, right there. No one should have to go out of the cave and confront the VUCA world alone. No one should do that. Leadership isn't about directing people Leadership is about doing it together. And that requires a lot of empathy, a lot of courage. And by Brian taking the step, the courageous step to, well, first of all, doing many things, taking the time to write out what his thoughts were. So he's purposeful in how he communicates, doing a step that is unnatural, right? I'm going to role play this out before I talk to the person, sending the material out beforehand without having enough control to manage expectations. He did a great job, I think, of framing, you know, let, let me frame to, for you why we're looking at this rather than diving into the details, right? What I'm trying to highlight are these little tiny decisions that are different that make all the difference in the world. Mm -hmm. And these are the examples of leadership in motion. And this is why having a framework helps, helps do that. So yeah. how, how activated? T talk to us about, I, I feel like you're being a little flat with us about 
what reaction from um, your client, we'll call him Steve, you know, uh, from Steve's reaction, was it energized? Um, was it passive? Was it, oh my gosh, the weight on, on my shoulders is on me. Give us more of a description of the mood so that people can understand the energizing effect of taking some of these steps. Yeah, because um, this is now the payoff, right? So the journey has started, we're on the road and we're, we're working through some of these things and it's a little bit courageous. We're dipping into the, the courage well over and over, but now here's the payoff and the payoff on the mood is thankful, thankfulness and um, a, a understanding that this did take time. And then also because of the nature of the, the questions and the types of questions, a realization that deep down in his gut, he had those questions too. So there was a relatable piece here of, I think I've been asking these questions myself and wondering, now I see them written down. I don't have the answers either, but now we can pursue those. And then also I want to add a couple. So, so that's me... another moment of courage, right? Another moment of courage is um, many times you get told, well, you haven't told me something that I don't know. If you think that the only value add that you have is to produce information that people don't know, it's, it's ridiculous. All we're going to do is accumulate more and more information and not do it. The fact is what helps a lot is to put down on paper what people do know. And when people see it on paper, it becomes way more actionable than if it's just out there. Because in our brains, we think things are way more complicated than, than they really are. When you list things out and put them on paper, guess what happens? You become empowered to go tackle it, regardless how complex it is. So I think that's another key point that, that, that we're learning here. And then what it does is it becomes energizing because we can go tackle these things together. Yeah. Brian, what else, what else happened as a result? Yeah, so um, because of the nature of, of the work that you and I do, we both have a sensitivity to um, the, uh, the, either we call it pushback or sometimes it's just downright anger. So I'm always looking for that anytime we do this stuff. And there was none of that. So um, as, as we're progressing, there was zero pushback. There was zero angst. There was zero denial. There was zero anger on this. And I knew that this was working. So I think that's part of this too is, uh, if you've been in sales and ailment any length of time, it's so easy to get your head ripped off. And uh, by doing this, I, I didn't, I didn't think I would, but I'm always sensitive to that. Almost like a, uh, a dog that gets hit with a newspaper a lot. Unfortunately, it looks like that feels like that. Um, so I always go in a little bit tentatively, even for somebody like me, uh, to make sure I'm not, um, steamrolling my, my client customers. So there was zero of that. So what we, um, spent time doing, and I actually, I just pulled the document up. I forgot I did this, but in each of the ATRO ICs, I put uh, my, my little musings to him. I said, the key here is dot, dot, dot. So for R, the key here with R is we have to find out the environment before we inject something new, because that's going to help us avoid being tone deaf. Like that's, that's a comment I have about R. Like I have these little key here thing. And that's what we spent the time on was validating those. I forgot I actually did that. And I'm reading some of these now going, holy crap, that was good. Um, but the, um, the key here of, hey, you know what? In, in the hero's journey, what would Yoda say? <laughs> I guess is what this looks like. That's what I was trying to, how do I talk to him about this and breathe life into it? Yeah, so I think a, a way to capture that 
Number one, your value as a sales enablement person, I'm speaking to the audience, I'm not speaking to you, Brian, but your value as a sales enablement leader is not how much stuff you can do. So the checklists that you do, your value to the organization is not how much stuff you can get done. You have to recognize that you have to do the work to frame out what your real value is. Your real value is that you are interacting with all of the components, the complex environment that you're working in, and you can give insights, thoughts, perspectives of what's required to make it work to leaders and get them to embrace it. Instead of complaining and expecting them to understand what's really happening, you can do what Brian did, say, I'm gonna introduce you over a framework. These are some questions about what we, what we, Team Steve, need to do to realize the result that we're after. Then what Brian did is by saying these are the keys, by saying the keys, you're getting to introduce your value add without bragging or anything like that. It's, in, it's done in an insightful way. So what you're doing is you're establishing or reestablishing the value that you're bringing to bear, and it allows you to do it in a team-based way, not Brian does this, me, Steve does that. Together, we're going to drive this, together, this activity together. Yeah. I cannot stress enough how important these little tiny things are because it's the little things that matter in making big changes. Yeah, absolutely. And words matter in that regard too. And, um, you know, one of the, the reactions we got, I got out of this, which was we can't, we need to work across functions like you just said, Scott. So this is Steve talking now. And one of the things that this is going to help me with is moving this uh, to, to action. This, is going to, this language in here is going to help me talk to HR. And I'm like, what, that was, what do you mean? Well, we already have a leadership framework. I can't really just go implement this and roll it out. I was like, oh, I'm so interesting, right? I'm the, I'm the consultant. You're the client. You think I'm showing you this in order for you to go implement it out. I'm like, no, this is, this is really between you and I, but I, you're bringing up an interesting point that the words in here is something that you want to talk to HR about, you know, tell, tell me more about that. So that, that was an interesting exchange now that I remember it because you know, I also, because of, of the nature of my role, there was an expectation of what I produced needed to get deployed, right? And this isn't the case here. This is for him and I. Yeah, let's, let's pause here. Um, I wish... For you, the audience, we had a better way to present the sequence to you. However, we believe it's really important for you to understand the experience in flight because ultimately it's making those micro decisions in the moment is what sets apart, not whether you, whether you did this and did this and did this. And the checklist doesn't matter. It matters less. What matters is in the moment, what do you do? Now, the reason I share that is Brian used the word being heroic framework when he introduced this to Steve. Steve's first reaction was to almost reject the whole thing because he said, we can't, we can't roll this out to our, our sales organization because human resources already has a leadership framework. So keep in mind, 
we're running into complexity and we're going to confront complexity all the time. Does that mean you throw the baby out with the bathwater? No. Brian was prepared to say, tell me a little bit about that. Instead of just saying, okay, you're right. You know, I'm going to stop this and, and stop talking, which all of us have been in that situation and we've done before. What did Brian do is he stuck by his guns and said, oh, this is a tool for us. What then happened is that created the space in Steve's head to listen more. And then as he listened more, now he's at the point of, oh my gosh, we can actually use this <laughs> uh, for the rest of our organization. And here's how I can talk to HR about how this complements the overall leadership framework. So you see how that goes. I, I, nothing is linear. Nothing is linear. It's, it's, it's the fluidity of a conversation. But by Brian sticking to his guns and having the courage and confidence to work backwards from this framework, it allowed him to not only add more value, but also expand more and more value to Steve as the conversation happened. Mm -hmm. And these are the kinds of things that you really need to pay attention to. And if you're listening passively or you're listening while you're jogging or you're listening while you're riding your bike or going out on a walk or whatever, you're trying to absorb as an analyst. What, I'm, what we're trying to do is get you to absorb some of these things as if you're in the moment. So hopefully you feel like you're invested in Brian's success. You're curious as heck about what's going to happen between Brian and Steve. I just want to do a little bit of timeout, stop the videotape, if you will, and help you process it and say, hmm, what can I do? And what would I happen at these individual moments that make or break? Will I show up with courage or will I chicken out? And that's why, again, we have the being heroic framework. Does that accurately describe what was going on, Brian, before we pick back up the videotape and, you know, we can start moving to close out how you let, how you ended up the call with this? Yeah, absolutely. And, and the reason why I think it's super important is because of the, like you said, the, the integrated view of, of the complexity here. Also, my background, I, I understand where HR is coming from. So that's part of this is I totally understand why they would say that. I mean, the reason why they would say that isn't because they want to shoot this thing down. It's because my goodness gracious, you know, how many freaking frameworks do we really need? Right. That's probably where they're at. We already got one, but the, the challenge with the word framework and some of the language that, that gets used is there's a, 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 an association that comes with the word that people just pile on a bunch of assumptions. So the, the, the challenge in that moment was, was not to confront the, the idea of my framework's better. It's more like, oh, I can totally understand that. I've dealt with HR. I've been, I have an HR master's degree. I've spent all kinds of time in L&D. I totally get where they're coming from. That's a good point. Um, and, and creating that space around there and then saying a little statement that Steve could say was, you know, a lot of these leadership frameworks were built in the 1950s. And that's just not the world we live in right now. It's a non vuca They're built for non vuca environments. Yeah. And I just stopped talking. Right. So let's, let's kind of go back. So why, do we, why did we lead with the framing story? We led with the framing story of two things. One is we started with the hero journey to, because I know it sounds lame. When we first introduced the hero's journey way back at Forrester, I had a lot of the same kind of trepidation that, that Brian had 
about hitting the send button that said, this is going to be our conference team, um, you know, internally. I just sort of right. imagine I get beat up because it sounds so juvenile and silly. But it isn't silly when you go and realize that human beings have always encoded ways or clues on how to deal with uncertainty. And those clues are all embedded in this heroic framework. Then the second thing is, what we have to do is we have to give, the more we give the, un, uh, the, the lack of clarity, the environment that we're around and identity, the more it becomes tackable. So that's VUCA. And I realize that that can seem abstract, but it isn't because we have to give that identity. Now what we're trying to do is connect the dots between these two ideas that you can keep in the back of your head over and over and over again so that you have the confidence at every moment in time of how you interact, you show up with the right courage to stick with the, the new guns rather than reverting back to the old behavior, which we have to all accept, isn't going to get us anywhere. So those are, those are the things that I want to make sure we connect the dots. Now, Brian, how did you end up? What, what were some of the results? Give us sort of like at the end of this meeting, where were you and Steve before the call? Where are you, you and Steve after the call? And what's Steve going to do next? So before the call, we were, we were kind of dancing around some of our own uh, internal talk tracks in our head and some realities that we needed to confront. So we did, we did both of those on the call. Um, using the document, having it up on the screen, um, we edited it a little bit. I, and then my takeaway from the call was, you know, we're going to have a call with HR uh, and talk through the overall program, not the, not the framework, but, you know, we're going to be heroic and, and be proactive to, to uh, walk the, the talk here, talk, the, you know, and actually do the stakeholder management, right? Because that was one of the big takeaways from this is being heroic means now um, what's in it for everybody else. Back to the chicken hawk episode, stakeholder management. So CRO, we need to, you know, go back to him and uh, because we're going to be driving outcomes. This is not just a training program. We need to build that top cover. So that was a big takeaway was, and he's naturally wired that way to be a stakeholder manager, so to speak. And, and uh, but that was where he went was we got to go back around and do a bit of a road show to make sure we're setting expectations around what we're really doing here. I just want to make sure before we start, you know, in May that this isn't processed like a, like a regular training program. Um, and then my takeaway was, you know what, this is working, um, you know what, I'm, this, instead of going into program planning mode and starting to update on all the deliverables, my output to him is, is going to be a report out on how we're being heroic every week. So instead of a weekly update on deliverables done and, and people trained, it's going to be, you know, have we done H this week? Here's the actions of H, the actions of E, uh, the, the outputs of R, the conversations of I, you know, these are things that we've both done. And that's how we're going to talk and provide each other updates. Um, and I'll see how that goes. It's, a, it's a, another step. And I've never done that before. But I said, you know what, why, why the hell would I go and do uh, all the butts and seat metrics when we're trying to drive an outcome? Uh, and since I don't have a, any other alternative of reporting out on the outcome pursuit, why don't we just be heroic together? That's, that's a journey. It's the hero's journey. Let's, let's see how we're doing. Yep. You know? So let's unpack what's happening here and how this one conversation is laying the foundation for both Steve and Brian to be successful. 
So one thing that I want to really stress for everybody is if you, ha you know, haven't had the chance uh, to, to listen to it, please listen to episode 13. It's called The Chicken Hawk and the Importance of Stakeholder Management, where we, where we use the sort of the same device that we're using here uh, with the hero journey and, you know, connecting this to Star Wars. We use a, a cartoon, Foghorn Leghorn cartoon, uh, to really highlight the importance of that. State, stakeholder management is a complex topic, but at the end of the day, it's helping everybody get what they want. And what happened is a result of Brian introducing this heroic framework, it, already, it activated Steve to be a lot more confident on something that he already knew, build on what you know, stakeholder management, but it gave him some language and some uh, ideas on how to activate all these other stakeholders. That if we were to write it up, that document would probably be 600 pages of complexity, but by telling it through stories, it's way easier for him to manage. So Steve is going to be able to go inside this company and get people galvanized to focus on what's important, which is this is the goal that we have, rather than evaluate tons and tons and tons of activities and deliverables, engage project that pro progress that way. That's one thing that's happening. So if you want to kind of let the idea of stakeholder management steep in, go and listen to episode 13. So I'm going to pause there. Brian, is that accurate? Yeah, thanks. Okay. The next thing that happened is that now, because there's a structure, Brian has a format to evaluate the progress of the project moving forward. I cannot stress enough for everybody here. When you're in the, fit, in the thick of doing something transformative, you have to factor in. You need to think of it a lot more like a story arc, you know, act one, act two, act three, rather than the classic project management plan. And when you think about it in act two, what happens in act two, all hell breaks loose, right? Your hero runs into all these different challenges. Well, guess what? In any transformative event, when you're dealing with multiple stakeholders and ambiguity, all hell's gonna break loose. So how you set up the cadence of how you're gonna manage that is so important. And if you're managing to people's feelings or the status of stuff and not managing to what is our goal and what's our outcome, you're not gonna have the ability to gain or influence the executive support that you need to make your transformation work. So what's awesome and what's exciting for me, for somebody who's used this method a lot and um, you know, run through trans transformative efforts, it's the things that you do right now set you up for success in the future. And that's a really hard, I, ca I call it executing with a bifocal lens and these are the things that uh, uh, Brian and Steve have set themselves up to be successful for by sp spending time to, to frame this stuff out. And, and Brian, you've experienced that friction point about how do I manage to success versus managing to opinion or mood or feeling and or deliverables. Yeah, that's right. And you know, I, I call it setting up the bowling pins to knock them down later, right? So we're setting them up here. We'll knock them down when we need them. You know, um, that's going to happen, like you said. So I just might as well plan for it. And then two, we're so wired, and, and I understand this. I'm not being negative about it. 
Um, I understand that people need to see something in a output format, whether it's a PowerPoint, a Word doc, whatever. It has to be something they can like print out. And it's just the way in which work happens these days. So the deliverables of project plans versus a heroic uh, update, you know, that's what I call it, the heroic, up, being heroic update, you know. Um, he can print that out still, but he's never seen it before. And that's, that's the cool part is using that momentum of, we ha you know, we have an output we need to make to provide an update and status. So that, that you can do, you can be creative. And um, that's, that's part of the magic of this. And, you know, I didn't know I was going to do that, but I, you don't have an alternative. So just do it. So to, to, to start wrapping up this show and then talk to you about what we're going to do next, some of the key themes that we'd like you to take away. So uh, one is I hopefully the narrative of breaking it down into specific steps that you can go do right now. There's literally no reason that you can't go and listen to the Being Hero framework and write out your own document just like Brian did. So step number one is we're trying to be much more relatable to you and say, this is some specific thing you can do right now. The second thing that we think is really important is sharing these things in the moment. I recognize they're not clinical and they're not easy to follow along. You know, in step one, you do this and step two is based on how you're currently, um, how all of us are currently wired to process information. But this is a VUCA environment, guys. We have to find examples in flight and we thought this was a great opportunity. So kudos to you, Brian, for putting yourself out there and having the courage to share uh, your state of unknowingness, right? But all of us are going to be in that spot. Nobody knows the answer because no one knows what the new normal is going to look like. And anybody who says they know what it's going to look like absolutely are lying. It's not possible to know. So we have to, we have to create a way to figure it out together. So that's what we're trying to do is embrace that. Number three, we want to reinforce, we practice what we preach. We'll challenge any, any other source of information that you want to get on sales enablement and ask whether or not those people are actually practicing what they preach. Ask it. <laughs> you must be able to do these kinds of things. That's why this show is for you, uh, the leaders who are trying to run it through. And that's why Brian and I are stressing that we've been through and done this before. We've seen these situations before. Number four, what we're trying to do is highlight how to take these ideas that may seem, may seem big idea or conceptual, but help bridge the gap and make them uh, make it into stratocution. So hopefully those are some of the things that you're taking away. As always, your feedback is, is going to be helpful. What can you do? You're a trainer or you're an enabler or you've got a lot of experience. What can you do to help us create a lesson plan to, to, to activate this moving forward? So those are, the, those are the ideas that we would like. We've already decided what our next step is. Our next step is, luckily, we have a listener who really resonated with the Being Heroic framework, and she found herself, oh my gosh, maybe that's why my department is growing in influence in a very large company. I don't want to take too much thunder away, but that's going to be our next episode is actually a real life case study about how somebody who's following these principles religiously, <laughs> so, so to speak, and how she's driving huge impact uh, inside her company. So those are the things that, that we're going to do. Brian, do you have any pleas to our, uh, to our listeners about 
activating <laughs> or anything like that? No, just keep listening and keep engaged. I've learned a lot by the engagement that we get from the Insider Nation. And I appreciate everybody listening to my transparency. I felt like I was on the couch there for a second. But <laughs> so we need to create a safer space for all of us to feel like we're on the couch together because this is how Insider Nation is going to uh, usher in the future together. So with that, we're going to wrap up this particular episode. Thank you so much, Brian, for, for, for your time. Uh, for, for our listeners, please stay tuned. If you have not had the chance, uh, please subscribe uh, to, to our series. Please listen to the episodes that we talked about. To, to, to summarize, we have episode number 13 introduces our series around stakeholder management. We have three other ones uh, associated with that that pack, uh, you know, unpacks it and gives you more clues on uh, how to handle it. Uh, to pick up on the framework, uh, a suggestion is listen to uh, episode number 31. Listen to that series and then try to write out for yourself what, what, what Brian did. That would be a great action. And if you'd like to contact Brian or I and let us role play it out with you like, like I did for Brian, shoot us an email at uh, 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 you know, you can contact us on LinkedIn and the like. And then the third thing is stay tuned. Uh, I think a lot of our listeners know that uh, we've launched a survey. Uh, I am in the process now. Thank you so much. We have an overwhelming response of our survey. The survey is on the state of sales enablement. In that survey, uh, we asked a lot of open-ended questions. Uh, we had had a goal of having 50 responses uh, because of, you know, 50 we think is a fantastic target because of how much open-ended feedback there were. Uh, guess what, by our deadline, we had 70 responses. As of today, we have 95 responses to that. So it's, it's great, uh, uh, it's great that people are taking the time out. If you haven't, please find a way to go track it and look at my LinkedIn post to, to, to find it and participate. But we're in the process now. If you participated in that survey, we're going to get out you the raw data We've also are recruiting people to be um, uh, guest analysts. One of the things that we want to make sure that we do is not push too much of our bias uh, onto the analysis. So one thing that I'm doing is checking my biases by interviewing uh, other experts in this field. You'll, you'll hear more about who, uh, who's participating to take a look at the feedback and um, give us perspectives without uh, sharing what our perspectives are. And then we're going to uh, record panels of, of people sharing that information without us, you know, tipping the scale, you're going to hear these panels talk about these particular issues so that you have more of that perspective. Culminating on May 19th, we're going to have a webinar uh, sharing these findings. So there's a lot going on that we're doing. Uh, we're really energized about the response that we got from, the, from our COVID series. If you haven't listened to that, Boy, you really should, if only to hear the richness between hearing Dr. Howard Dover, uh, Kanal Mehta, who's a, who works for a private equity firm, and uh, Lindsey Gore, who's a salesperson, to give us some, uh, yeah, that sounds, that sounds great, but here's what really happens in the field kind of perspective. It's great to hear all that because these are the kinds of things that help you bring it all together. With that, do you have any 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 last thoughts to, to oh. close this out, Brian? See you guys on the next episode. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Scott. Take care. Thanks for joining us. To become an insider and amplify your journey, make sure you've subscribed to our show. If you have an idea for what Scott and Brian can cover in a future podcast or have a story to share, 
please email them at engage at insidese.com. You can also connect with them online by going to insidese.com, following them on Twitter, or sending them a LinkedIn request.